Welcome to episode two of In Luke's Corner. We're joined by Brill and Sam again, but now we finally have the full gang together. Mike has come back. Mike, how are we doing? I'm doing good, you know, just sitting here, going to listen to you spit some knowledge. Did you, you know, watch you the are... fights this weekend? No, you saw, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you were with me and I asked you, I said, I thought you weren't going to come until all the fights were over. You're like, nah, it's shitty card. All right, that's not say that. I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it actually wasn't a shitty card. But so this past weekend, Halloween. Hope everyone had a happier, happy, 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 happy. Why am I saying happy? I don't know. Happy Halloween. Good save though. Happy Halloween. But so we had Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva main event. Um, we'll start off on the main card. We'll just recap everything. So the first part of the main card was Bobby Green versus Tiago Moises. And this was actually a bigger test for Tiago Moises or Bobby Green. Bobby Green, if he won, he would have had his fourth win in 2020, but sadly he didn't. He lost to a unanimous or unanimous decision. Um, Bobby Green outstruck Tiago Moises on the feet, but Tiago Moises ended up doing the most damage. Um, he had some really awesome submission attempts that I honestly don't even know how Bobby Green got out of. He had a nice heel hook that he got in, and I forgot what other submission he got him in. I have to rewatch it, but at the end, I had 29-28 Tiago Moises, but two of the judges had it 30-27, which means that they gave Moises all three rounds, which I thought was sus. It was a little sus. All right, whoever did that probably needs to get fired. Yeah, if Green would have won, it would have been his fourth win of 2020. I mean, he's still an awesome contender. That fight was really good. It was very technically sound. Um, Tiago Moises really proved that he is a contender. Beating someone like Bobby Green, who almost had a fourth win in 2020, really shows that he's an up-and-coming contender. Uh, the next fight was Kevin Holland. It was supposed to be versus Muradov, but Muradov had a pullout due to injury, I believe. And then he welcomed newcomer Charlie Antiveros. Is this the guy you were talking shit about? Yes. Okay. Well, mostly just how he looked. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. You, you he had like an afro with frosted tips. And What's it was his nickname again? Um, this guy that you were trashing. It was something dumb. It was like the American something. The American like. It was something. Grinder. Weird. I don't know. It definitely wasn't. But grinders just on your mind. It's all right. That's all right. Um, but yeah, you fought Kevin Holland on short notice, and if you're fighting Kevin Holland on short notice, chances are you're going to get put away early, which is exactly what happened. But um, Antiveros actually showed really good stand-up. He forced Kevin Holland to, you know, get him against the cage, try to get a takedown, um, which when you're fighting Kevin Holland, Holland has an 80-something reach advantage, or 80-something inch reach, which is really awesome for the middleweight. It's like almost like, it is Israel Adesanya's like reach, which is part of his success. Mm-hmm. But um, it was actually a weird, weird stoppage. I wouldn't say weird, but like, so like I said, Antiveros was, you know, I wouldn't say outstriking him, but like it caused Kevin Holland to be like, all right, like this guy's so what it's on short notice. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
got him against the cage, slams him on the ground, and the ref, like, must have saw something, stops the fight right away. And Antiveros hadn't ended up having to leave in a stretcher. And I think that's because when the doctors came in there, he said it was something with his neck. So, like, without taking, like, any like, precaution – or without, with taking precaution. To, if, if it's a neck injury, you have to immobilize it. Exactly. And, but apparently he's all right. He's 100%. Um, he actually looks like he can do some things in the UFC. So it'd be, like, it'd be nice to see him back. Um, he had really good striking. And that was Holland's fourth win in 2020. So that's actually awesome for him. That's something that very – He's fought few, four times in 2020? Yeah. And that's something very, like, you don't see often. And his last fight was against um, Darren the Dentist Stewart. The Dentist. Yeah, it's a cool name because he is a dentist. But What's the dentist's first name? Crentist. Crentist. But, yeah, so – I'm going to a unanimous decision with him and then fighting only like a month or two later is, it's awesome. Yeah. And he finished his opponent in the first round. So he might fight Muradov again. He could, but he did say in his post-fight interview that he wants someone more with a name. So probably anybody in the top 15, I think he deserves it. Four wins in 2020, three of them being stoppages. You deserve it. And then moving on to our boy, Greg Hardy. Bro likes Greg Hardy. I don't. He beat his girlfriend. I don't know how Greg Hardy. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I just know that he was in the NFL, man. Yeah, he's former NFL player Greg Hardy. He's a scumbag, but he's still a good MMA fighter. He fought Maurice Green. Greg Hardy was almost the first man to miss weight as a heavyweight. Really? Coming in at 266 and a half pounds. And the limit's 265. So if he didn't shed and get to the 265 limit, that fight would have been canceled, and Greg Hardy really would have looked like an asshole and lost all respect by fans, hmm. if not already. But I don't want to pick on Greg Hardy too hard because Greg Hardy literally picked Maurice Green apart. Um, he dropped him first in the first round, and I'm surprised that he couldn't get the finish, but he stayed patient. He got back to the feet. And then in the second round, dropped him again, and Hardy just unloaded on him, stopped the fight. But, I mean, Greg Hardy's been looking awesome. He has um, UFC legend Rashad Evans in his corner. So being trained by Rashad Evans, he's actually like – he's starting to show that he's actually becoming a true martial artist instead of just some jock who came off the NFL and just decided to fight like some other people do and they just get their ass beat. So it's good to see him get a win against someone with a resume like Maurice Green. Like he fought um, – Greg Hardy fought Alexander Volkov before. They went to a decision. So that just shows how – like what's the word? Like he's, he's really in tune with martial arts. And like you can tell that he's trying to become the best fighter he can be. Because if you go he's to a locked, decision with – locked in. Yeah. If you go to a decision with Alexander Volkov, you know that you're, you're like an actual contender. And you're not just a pushover. But, yeah, I would, wouldn't be surprised if Greg Hardy got a more, like, a bigger name in the heavyweight division. Um, I can't think of anybody on the top of my head right now who he could fight, but there's a lot of people out there. Um, moving on to Bryce Nurmagomedov. Just kidding, Bryce Mitchell. But the way he grappled against Andre Feely, who we fought, really showed how dominant he can be on the ground. And Andre Feely is, like, no pushover. A lot of people say that he's almost like a gatekeeper 
to the featherweight division. But Bryce Mitchell was just able to take him down, keep him there. There were a lot of good scrambles. Andre Feely liked to show resistance, got back up a couple times, but Bryce Mitchell ended up just dominating that whole time. Um, he really proves that he belongs in the top 15 of the division, especially beating someone like Andre Feely, who has fought some of the greatest like of all time in that division. And um, trying to think of someone he could fight. There's a lot of names in 45, but I just want to see Ryan Hall get a fight because I fucking love Ryan Hall and he needs someone to fight. I'm pretty sure he's a lightweight right now, but nobody wants to fight him. Actually, no, wait. He might be a featherweight. I don't know what he is. He's ranked, he's ranked in the featherweights, I think. So Bryce Mitchell versus Ryan Hall would be an awesome, awesome display of grappling. Um, but moving on, Anderson Silva's last fight. I've watched Anderson Silva since I was little. He's one of the main guys that brought me into the sport. And it was sad to see how the fight ended, and it's sad to see him retire. But, you know, when you're 45 years old and you're still fighting and you've lost, like, seven of your last eight, then I think you know it's time to hang up the gloves. He's won two fights since 2013, and he's fought almost every year. But, I mean... Not to discredit Hall. Hall's a great fighter. He has one of the most devastating spinning heel kicks I've ever seen inside the UFC. Um, it seemed during the fight that both fighters were very respectful of one another. It was like really started slow. Anderson Silva was able to like push back Uriah Hall to the fence, and Uriah Hall was almost like a little bit of gun shy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you're fighting Anderson Silva, especially someone like Anderson Silva, and like you see him across the octagon, you can get kind of like it's almost like it can lower your confidence as a fighter. Like, oh my God, this is Anderson Silva. I'm fighting Anderson Silva. Then you realize once you start pushing Anderson Silva back, that's when you realize you're like, oh, like I can hurt him, which ended up happening. He dropped uh, Silva in the third round. Nothing happened. And then in the fourth round, Hall finally dropped him, finished him. But I mean, as for Hall, I, he's going to get a bigger name. He's already, he was ranked 10 when he fought Silva. So I'm sure he's going to get a big name out there. But for Anderson Silva, the next stop for him is probably the Hall of Fame. I mean, he has wins over, yes. Actually, finish what you're asking. Yeah. He has two wins over Rich Franklin, a win over Forrest Griffin, who was a former UFC light heavyweight champion. He's got a Rich Franklin, or Rich Franklin was also – the middleweight champion who Anderson Silva won the title from. He fought Dan Henderson, former champion. He beat Chael Sonnen twice, who, you know, the alleged wins over Chael Sonnen, to be honest, because, you know, Chael Sonnen's never lost. But uh, two major wins over Chael Sonnen. He beat Vitor Belfort, who everyone believed was on steroids, and he front-kicked him in the face and just sniped him. He fought Stefan Bonner. Damian Maya, Derek Brunson, and finished not maybe finished beat them all, but like with names like you have Stefan Bonner, Forrest Griffin, Dan Henderson. These are like light heavyweights. Forrest Griffin was a light heavyweight champion. Dan Henderson was a former light heavyweight champion in another organization. So it just shows how good Anderson Silva was in his prime. Um, yeah, I was sad to see him go. He, I mean, he needs to stop fighting. He's old. 
And I see a lot of people talking about how he's like tarnishing his legacy. But like when you have a fighter like Anderson Silva, it was never about his legacy. He truly just loved the sport and loved what he did. And I think that's what really mattered to him. So like when people said like, oh, like people would ask him, oh, do you think you're tarnishing your legacy? He's like, no, he's like, I don't care about that. He's like, I'm just trying to win. Or I'm not trying to win, but like I'm just trying to do the sport that I love. This is what I love. Um, this is my question. How does Hall of Fame stuff work with MMA, UFC, stuff like that? Like, is it a voting process? Like, do you have to be out of the league? Like, how, do you have to not be fighting for a certain amount of time? Like, how does that work? Um, there's different wings. There's, like, a fight wing. So, for example, Diego Sanchez versus Clay Guida. That's a fight that's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Bisping is in the Hall of Fame, so we can just do regular fighters. And there's, like, a modern era. There's another era. But, um, yeah, so it's modern era, and then there's pioneer era. And I don't know if there's a voting process per se. I think it's just like, you just almost like, you just know. They're like, okay, this guy's a legend. This guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Like there's a guy named, what happened? I just converted the audio from the last show. You're good. Where'd Cream go? He's Hi. Oh, hey, Cream. It doesn't, it doesn't kick him out of the thing. It just, um. Ah. So there was a guy named Sakuraba and his nickname was the Gracie Killer. And, like, if you look at his record, it's kind of, like, mixed between wins or losses. But the Gracies were known for bringing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA. So you had all these, like, juice heads that were just wrestling, grounding, and pounding. And then when they came in, specifically Royce Gracie, he would come in, people would take him down, and he'd just submit them. He'd do that multiple times a night, and everyone was just like, all right, what the fuck? Like, what's happening? So he was known as being the greatest killer. So – it's just a different style of jiu-jitsu that he practiced and he was able to stop the Gracies and he was just known for that. So he got inducted for the hall of fame. So it's just, it's stuff like that. I think it's just, I don't, I think the board of the I'm UFC sure, like, yeah. decides it. Yeah. That wraps up that fight card. In other news, you have Israel Adesanya moving up to light heavyweight to challenge Jan Blahovich for the light heavyweight title. Did you hear about that, bro? What do you think about that? I think Israel's going to win. I don't, I don't watch a lot of Jan Blachowicz, but Israel's just Polish insane. power, man. It's Polish power. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, Israel Adesanya has shown – What? He'd be Dominic Reyes, right? Yeah. He'd yeah, better okay. Dominic Reyes. I don't know, but I, I don't know. Because Dominic Reyes is also lengthy and has, like, really long arms from what I remember, so I don't know. I wouldn't say he's similar, like, size to Izzy, but I don't know. I'd have to see how the Izzy puts on the weight in what areas. I mean, yeah, and I don't blame Madasani for moving off the light heavyweight because the next title contender is Robert Whitaker, and he already finished him within two rounds. So, and he's mostly, like, he beat most of the people that are ranked in that division. So, I think right now is an awesome time to move up. Um, and with someone with over 100 uh, professional... interrupt you, Fulgham just scored a touchdown. That's my fucking boy. Travis Fulgham. Shout out Travis Fulgham on the Eagles. Friend of the pod. Yeah, for real. But um, with someone that's had 100 professional wins in any fighting or, like, combat sport, and you're going up against Jan Blahovich, and Israel Adesanya used to kickbox at, like, a heavyweight division. So moving up in weights, no really not a problem for him. Then again, he hasn't done that in a while. So he's probably got to get used to that for a bit before he actually does. Um, but I think it's going to be good. I, th- I think Israel is probably going to get the best out of Jan Blahovich. I'm not saying he's going to finish him, but I'm saying it could very well be a decision. And this might be just like a giant fuck you to John Jones. 
because, I mean, John Jones is like, I think Izzy's kind of in his head because it's almost like Izzy's becoming the superstar that John could have been if he didn't have the stuff with steroids, if he didn't have all the, all the shit, yeah, all the shit outside of the octagon, which really tarnishes reputation. Still a great fight. I still want to see John versus Izzy, even though I would rather want, I mean, I, obviously, like I'd want John to be more in his prime to fight Israel Adesanya because I think that fight would be epic. Mm-hmm. But I want to see that fight still. Um, John's moving up to heavyweight. I, and I know Stipe doesn't want to fight for a while, so I think they should just do Nganu versus Jones for the like, interim belt. But then again, Nganu probably doesn't want to. Then again, he also might want to say, hey, I can knock this fucker out with one punch. Why not? So we'll see with that. We're awaiting some news. And then Dana White stated in an interview the other day that Khabib may not re- like be fully retired and that he is still, as of today, the current lightweight champion and that fans shouldn't expect like a, a fight for a vacant title anytime soon. Because, I mean, I know... How long, how long can Khabib hold that title until he has to fight for it? No, Dana fucking cares. <laughs> I bet, general, okay, if it wasn't Khabib, if it was any other fighter, how long can a fighter hold onto a belt until they have to basically fight for it again? Probably like a year. Okay. Because that because because Khabib happened? won't Khabib Burger, won't right? He held on to his belts too long. Yeah, and he's Khabib because Khabib won't fight. I mean, assuming Khabib isn't retired, he won't fight again until twenty twenty one, right? Most likely. Okay. Obviously, um, he'd say yeah. He'd I mean, that's a quick turnaround. Two months. I mean, then I just meant like, like, like you not, demolish Gaethje. I meant yeah, more like that's late, for anyway, late that's quick turnaround. Yeah, because when you see guys that take fights like four weeks out, you can almost guarantee, unless it's like they're they have like God given talent. Yeah, but like with a lot of these fighters, like especially on the UFC roster, they train consistently, like almost every day, so they're in shape. It's yeah, but it's a matter of making weight. And, like, being able Making to cut down weight. the weight to where it's, like, a healthier cut. You know what I mean? But wouldn't you – couldn't you say, like, having six months to prepare for a fight, watching – it's kind of cheesy – watching someone's film and figuring out their style, figuring out their tendencies would be way better than four weeks Yeah. of just – I'm just going to go in there and try everything. Yeah, like in and not really know the tendencies or I mean, like they obviously know how people fight. They know their uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their styles. Mm-hmm. They know people's styles, but like I feel like if you have a long enough period of time, if you can figure out, oh, he has a ground game, but I have a better ground game, so I'm not just gonna like say, different tendencies, yeah. like. Oh, if someone throws a jab, he bobs his head this way, and he continues to do that. Like yeah. just minor stuff like that. Like, I just don't feel like you'd be able no, to. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, for example, I mean, then again, it's Khabib. He really does. He does the same shit. Yeah. He's just – he's a freak. Yeah, but, like, for example, Brian Kelleher's last fight, he's known for his guillotine. And a fighter on short, no- or short notice tried to literally take him down right away and got caught in it immediately. That's what happened to uh... – ah, no, not really. Because Jorge Masvidal took his last fight on short notice. But he's been he's been training and studying Kamaru Usman. Yeah. He's been uh, wrestling with – um. he's been training with Tyron Woodley. But I, I digress. So, it'd be nice to see Khabib come back. I uh, would like to see him get that 30-0. and 0. 
um, maybe John Jones will stop being a little bitch about pound for pound goat because he just sounds like a broken record now. And I like I'm a John Jones fan, but like, dude, chill with it. But other than that, uh, next week we got Tiago Santos versus Glover Dejera. I don't know the remainder of that card because I think there's only a couple fights still on there. They still have to get some on there. But Tiago Santos coming off his loss to John Jones, he's taking a lot of time off. He went through a decision with John Jones. Tejera coming off a more like a dominant win over Anthony Smith and honestly made Anthony Smith look like a little girl. Respect to Anthony Smith, but like it was kind of embarrassing. Were you there for that? Yeah. How pissed was I? Because I chose Anthony yeah, Smith. Yeah, you were very upset about it. I was, yeah, but I mean, that's just the gambling part. Yeah. That's just the gambling side of me. Not really. Yep. During my fucking time, you yeah. farted. Yep. Respect. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, I forgot the actual date of it, but Islam Makachev versus Rafael Dos Anjos is finally going to happen. It's going to be a main event of a fight night. I forgot what the date is. But Senior Dos Santos? Rafael Dos Anjos, former lightweight king. And then he lost to Eddie Alvarez. Oh. And then Connor whooped Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. That's how it works. Oh. Connor whoops everyone. Connor fighting Dustin. Ah, uh, January. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Hey, my spring break's in January. I'll be there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, other than that, that's about it. Make sure you subscribe to In Luke's Corner. Follow me on Twitter for Fight Night Picks and other, you know, just Damn. random MMA Twitter talk. Um, follow Gym Class Villains. Our, what would you guys say Gym Class Villains is to me? Father you promote class. it? Yeah. It's connected. It's like we're barstool yours, part of my take. All right, cool. Yeah. Your sure. show within a show. Yeah. A show Technically, within a show. Gym Class Villains is under Sam Snippets, which is under Alex Pearl, so. Yeah, true. Woo! Yeah, he owns it. Um, but yeah, um, that's about it. Stop the fight!